Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the pursuit of happiness. Yes, I know it's been a little while, but we are back and we're talking beer. Yeah, it's been a it's been a while, I know, but you know, we we still remember where the beer goes. It's in the air, right? While I've got you, before we start talking delicious, delicious beer, I will ask you to please consider subscribing, like, share, comment wherever you can, spread the word of the fantastic podcasts on the CookieCast network. Right, that's that. Let's start talking beer. Here we go. This is CookieCast, the pursuit of hoppiness. Recording in progress. Recording in progress. And something that I wouldn't often say, but I'm going to break that now by saying, Matthew, it's over to you. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to um, How Does This Go? Uh, the Pursuit of Hoppiness, that's it, isn't it? It's been about uh, three months, two months, three months. So, uh, yeah, we, we've cracked open the beers. Yeah, shout out to uh, Gypsy Hill and Mash Gang for my beverages tonight, Mister. And just to introduce him, uh, being as he's got himself his hands on some rocking horse shit there, uh, Mister. Andrew Cook. Hello, <laughs> I am. I am drinking my supermarket beer of the month. Not to uh, foreshadow anything. Like I said, rocking horse shit. And then also joining us is uh, Mister. Stuart Womancy. That looks like he's got some hoppy loveliness there. I do indeed. The Mission Strata CY21 from Wylam and yeah, very good. Hello, hello. Very good, very good. Tasty midweek treat. It's uh, obviously um, we're missing Mr. Paul Williams, who's normally with us. Um, Hopefully he's all right, getting well soon, all that kind of thing. Um, So let's, let's crack on with our yeah, we'll say beer of the month or beer of the past few months, if you want. Um, uh, yes, Stu, do you want to set us off? Yep, because it has been a little while, I am going to be very greedy, and I'm actually, I've actually got two on the list. I could not split between them. I thought I was being greedy because I was like, oh man, I've got two. I don't know what to do. Um, but I was like, honestly, I'm going to have to go in on the two because of the two, I'm like, I can't pick. Like, you you all, if, if you've listened to this before, you all know that I, I enjoy a dark beer. And, uh, yeah, no surprise to know that both of them are dark beers. So, um, one of them was the Brew York. In fact, both of them are from uh, Brew York. But one of them was uh, one of the Christmas specials, which was the Nightmare of Brew York. 9.8% peanut, pecan, maple and vanilla imperial stout. Oh my god, that, like, uh, I'm not exactly Mr. Festive, but that, that was Christmas for me. Drinking that beer was phenomenal. Every single bit of it you could distinguish between the peanut, the pecan, everything. It, it was incredible. I got one can of it, which was out of the advent calendar, and uh, failed to acquire any more, so it, it was made even more special, I guess, by the short supply of it. Um, tried to get some after the event. No dice. Everywhere had sold out of it. Brew York themselves. All the local bottle shops just could not get hold of it. So, um, no prizes again for a little bit of foreshadowing guessing that that, that may make an appearance later in the <laughs> later in the podcast when we talk about rebrews. Um, my other one was part of the barrel-aged series, the Brew York State of Mind, and it was the, for legal reasons, now named HYG. Um, it did have a picture on the cam of a man that may or may not look like a character from a certain film with children and pirates from off of the 80s. Um, but it was a, a, a bourbon barrel-aged peanut caramel and marshmallow milk stout uh, coming in at 10%. 
holy shit. That stuff was incredible. Like, just... It was like... It was just like alcoholic Snickers. It was just insane. And the original one that they, they've done for the last couple of years... Um, not really, weirdly, not a patch on the barrel-aged one. The barrel-aged one, to me, was, was far superior. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, just, yeah, it's, it, you know, can't, can't say enough about those two beers, really. The uh, I will give one little shout-out, though, the special mention to uh, Azvex, because those beers I had over Christmas, New Year, coming into the, to 2022... We're, we're running them very close. I haven't actually had my stouts from there yet. Um, but everything that I had from there, whether it was the pale ale, the IPAs, whatever, also pretty damn good. So I'd expect if they carry on on that vein, Azvex will probably make an appearance in my uh, beers of the month at some point in the future. Cool. Right then, Andy, being as you've been giving us spoilers for beers of the month and stuff like that and being greedy with them, let's say. Uh, Let's hear yours. So, it's a little long-winded, if I'm honest, but I'll, I'll endeavour to keep it interesting. Um, obviously, I am an alcohol-free beer drinker, um, but that doesn't stop me getting excited about new alcohol-free beers, or certainly ones that I've not tried, things like that. Like I like to try and order new ones or ones that I've not tried. Um, and recently, not one, but two companies released new alcohol-free beers. I almost immediately got all over one of them because I was like, well, that looks delicious. And uh, especially for Matt, it's the, the, the Holy Faith Northern yes. Monk. Now, there was a problem. I went in the fridge to find my can earlier so I could take a picture of it and realised I've absolutely drunk one of the two that I, that I recently purchased. Uh, and the other one was in a box under a bag under another box. I was like, balls. So I was like, oh, I'll just get a picture off the internet. But in my haste, I've realised that I haven't got an actual picture of what it looks like in the glass. Because it looks amazing when it's poured it's a it's a hazy pale ale 0.5 percent it's lovely it's it looks amazing when you pour it it looks kind of like thick and creamy while still holding like the what you'd expect to be hazy color and like the pale um and it is delicious um, the other one, now this one snuck up on me. I saw um, Brulo had released two new ones. I was super excited for one of them, which was a five fruited goes. It's like, uh, yes, one of those, please. And then, as I saw, I was like, oh, they've got another new one. Which is this guy. A Sabro oh, yes. Galaxy DDH IPA. A double dry hop IPA. So because it was new and I've not had it before, I was like, get me one of those please. Um, I think previously, potentially off air, I mentioned to you gentlemen, have you ever had a drink that you're super excited for and then when you get it, you're really disappointed. Um, unfortunately for me, the the five fruited goes was a was a, a, a touch of a letdown. I was probably expecting more than than what I got, and that might have affected my decision on it. So that was that. I was like, oh, that's that's a shame. That's disappointed. Cracked open this guy, this this guy. That is the, me actually holding the can. Cracked open that guy. Wasn't. Wasn't expecting earth-shattering beer. And boy was I wrong. That is hands down one of the nicest beers 
I've possibly ever drunk. To the point that I had, I think I had two in the order that I originally placed. I've since um, ordered more beer and uh, I ordered two more. I made sure to order two more of those because they are delicious. So, uh, yes, a little bit greedy, but it has been a while. So those are my two beers of the month plus. Excellent. Well, I have, I, I've, I've got two, and I'm going to give a little mention at the end um, to kind of feed into our, our brewery of the month. All right, so the first one I've got is, and I've kind of trolled through the kind of thing, and there's been... I've, I've, after whinging about things um, privately, um, <clears throat> I've actually had quite a good few months of beer. Uh, but the ones that have stood out for me is uh, the Northern Monk Patron Project, which always generally produces excellent beers. Uh, the Thought Bubble, uh, which is they, they're doing a series of beers with, I think, a comic book illustrator, I think. Um, so this nice. is a double dry hot IPA at 7.4%. And uh, that is... Right there. Was that was that Judge Dredd? Yep. Is it? Yeah. That's yep. awesome. It, it sold out within minutes as well. So I managed that. That was I got that. I don't know. I, don't know, I picked it up at, at one of the bottle shops near to us. Um, it was just there, and I was like, oh, "That's interesting. I'll I'll take that one with me." Um, it's just really good. It's really you know, it's really kind of like it, it was juicy. It was thick. It had that really nice kind of taste to it. Not much too much hot burn at the end. Some really good double dry hopped IPA. Really nice to drink. Um, the second one uh, is probably no surprise. And if he was with us, Mr. Williams definitely would have picked it as well. Um, is the and I have to go on to Untapped to get this one. And if I think, or maybe I took a screenshot of it. I've not got. I've not got a picture of it. Um, it is the the coffee poached pear praline crumble smoothie sour from uh, my beer my brewery of the year last year Vault City. Just, it is just an absolutely awesome beer. It does all of those things that it says. So it's got a lovely kind of coffee finish. It's got a, like a pear kind of start to it. You can taste the kind of praline crumble in there as well. It's kind of got a nutty kind of taste to it. And it just went down so easy. We had a glass of it in the Trembling Madness. And then we had two of their little kind of growl fills to take home with us to drink uh, after that. And then I got a bottle of it the other day just because, you know, I was like, well, I don't want to miss out on having that again. So, uh, so yeah, the uh, coffee poached pear praline crumble from Vault City. There it is. Magnificent. Mm. And then, just as a little kind of shout out to it, um, me and Stu shared a couple of beverages uh, when we went down to visit uh, a few weeks ago, and I'd been saving up a Wylam Imperial Double Stout called Summon Up the Blood. Uh, that, is on, that is on my sheet here as well for. Uh... For, for later, which it was, was a so bourbon barrel aged from Heaven Hill. Um, yeah, it was just it, it was it was very 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 good. Those I mean I can't remember the different uh, stouts that we had. Well, I can't remember the different stouts that we had. Uh, they were all very thick and fantastic. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that was it. So yeah, right then, shop beers of the month. Are we, are we, are we, should we go to Andy? Because he's sort of uh, let, let the beans spill his already. I thought, uh, seeing as it was going to be my shop beer of the month, uh, this guy right here is, in fact, the uh, not very often seen alcohol-free black stuff. It's the Guinness. Do, do you find when you've opened it, it's a little blast back to like early two thousands because the can has the old John Smith widget deal yeah. going on. Yeah, I have. 
Honestly, I'm a sucker for anything like that. So I knew there was something going on because when I had the cans, I was like, I'm sure there's something in there. So when you I know what, it, it's like it's the adult's version of a Kinder Egg. Yeah. It's got a toy inside. Yeah, so I cracked it and I poured it and then I just kept shaking the can. I was like, oh, this, it's got a widget. So, yes, it has a widget. Um, I, I challenge... Now, now, hang on a minute. Now, you've got to finish the rest of the song now. Jack B is very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a widget. A widget it has got. Uh. <laughs> I challenge anybody to find something more beautiful than pouring a pint of Guinness and watching it settle. That effect that you get from that sort of, that, that Guinness settling. Honestly, you know how they do like at Christmas, they do where they have like, you can put a fireplace on YouTube and it's just like fire going. They should just put a pint of Guinness that just never quite settles. Um, soothing, it's it's very soothing. Um, so How tempted were you to try and pour yourself a little clover in the... Yeah, I had that as well. Uh, like there was a part I was like, oh, I wonder if I can, on the next one, I wonder if I can uh, get a little shape going, and then obviously forgot. Um, what's interesting for me, and it's something that I have shared with you, gentlemen, off off air, is um, it's a bit of a double edged sword because I really, I really wanted to try it. And every time I went to the shop, they didn't have any. Every time, uh, like there was a point in time where I'd seen a woman in. Sainsbury's with a trolley full of the stuff. I was like, they've got it. And then I got to the aisle and I was like, well, I guess she bought all of it then. That's he's got it. <laughs> that, that, that's cool. Uh, stuff like that. So I, I've been I've been after it for ages. <coughs> the irony being is all of you guys had tried it, and I'm like, I'm the I'm the non-drinker over it. Finally got it. Finally I think tried it as well. Like they've, they've they've priced it bang on as well. Oh. whenever I've seen it. The very rare time I've seen it, it's essentially a pound a can. Yeah, four four pounds for. I, I bought a four pack and it was four pounds. I'm like, yeah. you you can't go wrong there. Um, so I got them home, got them in the fridge, made sure they were nice and cold. Cracked one, took a sip, and was transported instantly back to uh, to Dublin, uh, where uh, not only was uh, was was Plenty of Guinness consumed, but unfortunately it was also the end of my drinking days. So there was kind of that, that double-edged sword of, oh, it takes me back to the thing that made me stop drinking. So uh, I, I can't solely blame the Guinness. Um, I imagine it was more to do with the, the whiskey and Guinness combination and the 12-plus uh, solid hours of drinking. You know, any of those things could have been it, but um, it—it's hard to say things like it tastes exactly for me what I remember Guinness tasting like. It's absolutely it, say, bang on. I was—I was going to say something controversial here. It tastes better than canned Guinness. I, yeah, I, yeah, I would rather drink cans and cans and cans of the zero, um, the zero percent Guinness than I would um, drinking the, the the normal stuff. You know, whenever whenever you get a can of Guinness, you're kind of like, yeah, it's not as good as it's not as good as any other stout or porter I could get elsewhere. It's not as good as the stuff out. It's not as good off the as good off the draft, and it's definitely not as good as the stuff you get in Dublin, uh, which you know wrecks any kind of Guinness drinking. Uh, just for anybody thinking, oh yeah, I'll go to Dublin because I really like Guinness. Depends how Guinness ruined for the rest yeah. of your life because uh, yeah. when you get home, you're like, I'll have a pint of Guinness because I had a really nice time drinking Guinness in Dublin, and then you get the pig swill because it's not properly looked after and it's not even. You know, even the stuff that you get in the factory in Dublin, like the Guinness factory, that's not had time to settle and not had time to think because they're just pulling through pints and pints and pints and pints and pints and it looks a bit kind of wishy-washy is better than what your local pub is serving. Yep. Just a toilet for everybody. <clears throat> right. Um, so I, 
I was super happy that I managed to get this in the last week and consume. Uh, this is actually the last of the four. Uh, that's the kind of that's the kind of way I've been uh, getting through those bad boys. Um, but I was like, yay! I can actually have a supermarket beer of the month because it it, it has become a little bit on the slim picking side of things for me. Because you know. <laughs> Can if I use laser crush again of, this month? It's that sort yeah. of thing. If, if this is the beginning of actual distribution, like proper steady distribution for it now, prepare to hear alcohol-free Guinness on every single <laughs> like um, pursuit of happiness going forward. Stu, have your you got your? I do, and it, it was actually one that you will be familiar with yourself, Matt, on the basis of. I'm pretty sure, well, you, you did get me this, and this isn't my picture, I don't have an actual picture of it, but the Death Star Episode 2, which was, uh, again, you might have spotted a theme by my beers on, because my, my beers of the month previously like, that mentioned were stout with some kind of nuts element to it. This is chocolate, peanut and caramel imperial stout, and for a Tesco beer... Rocking in at a uh, measly twelve percent. So it was a bit of a bit of an ass kicker, um, but just like when are you going to find that in a supermarket? Normally, I believe the price point is a little more than kind of the usual Tesco cans. So I think it was rocking in at about a fiver. Um, yes. But for a twelve percent beer, if you you know. You wouldn't get a normal Northern Monk beer of their own for the, like twelve percent, you know, stout for, for a fiver. That's you know, it's a proper, it's a proper bargain. And considering that some like some of the place breweries that are going into the supermarkets are starting to edge those prices up a little bit. I've like seen a couple of six, a couple of seven. I think I saw it eight the other week, and I was like. I had, I had, I, I had, work. I had the exact same problem. Um, so I placed an order with our our favourite Trembling Madness, um, but I was trying to do a little bit of sneaky sneaky um, because I was trying to get some um, some surprise surprise Laser Crush and others um, a little bit cheaper. So I was like. How much is it on Trembling? It's this much. How much is it at Sainsbury's? It's this much. If you buy the, the, the number of laser crushes I buy, you know, it's a saving. You probably get a, a free one by the end of it. So I was like, oh, I'll on it Sainsbury's. I'll get four of these, four of these, four Guinness, that sort of thing. And while I was in there, there was a beer that I'd ordered through Trembling Madness that Sainsbury's were also selling. I was like, ooh, that's interesting. Sainsbury's were selling it for 50p a can more than Trembling were. I was like, naughty, naughty. Mm. I guess that just goes to show as well, like, the point your local bottle shop as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I got, did you recognise this one? I've had it a while. Um, as, you know, as we joke about, everything goes in date order. Um, I had it's sway low, the rainbow, rainbow sherbet sour. I don't mm -hmm. know if it's still available in there. Uh... Oh, of course, it's the point where my phone is. That was from memory. That was a Sainsbury's purchase. That one that was a Sainsbury's purchase. There you go. Very good. Just sour. It's got that sweet kind of texture to it. That sweet taste to it. Um, it's from the Guaylo beer from Hong Kong. And Rocky Ridge Brewing Company, Bustleton, Western Australia. So, kind of made a, made a bit of a journey there to, to get into your uh, into your. Well, it was in your. Oh, I think it's still. I think I'm pretty sure I've still seen it in your local friendly neighbourhood uh, Sainsbury's. Um, but yeah, just just a, it was a good a good sour. You know, it kind of hit the hit the notes of. You know, is it sour? Yeah. Does it have the sweet kind of taste to it? Yeah. Is it easy to drink? Yeah. Lovely, um, yeah, absolutely, yeah, cracking beer. I was really chuffed with it. I looked forward to it for a while, um, but yeah, would 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 buy again, um, but yeah, 
Right then, so shall we move on to the main event, as it were? Mm. Uh, so it's kind of been hinted at, we kind of joked about um, that type of thing, but uh, we are going to discuss the, uh, the the mighty, mighty Wyland Brewery from uh, my hometown, uh, Newcastle. There you go, and with glass as well. Um, it's, you know, kind of, again, it's a, not a not a running joke, but it's kind of widely acknowledged that Wylam are my favourite brewery. It was a shock that they didn't get Brewery of the Year last year. You know, any other year probably would have been. Um, if you perhaps would have spoken to me a couple of weeks after, they might have snatched it away due to some of the beers that I drank post that episode of The Pursuit of Hoppiness. Uh, but that's the way, uh, you know, the cookie crumbles and all that kind of thing. There you go. Um, right, so Wylam, I think, I think as well, Wylam kind of re- is, is kind of takes me back a little bit because obviously before drinking craft beer, I drank real ale, and Wylam was probably one of the first real ale breweries that I liked kind of a lot kind of thing. I was like, oh, yeah, I really, I can't, I'm digging what these beer these beers taste like. And so the original Wyland Brewery was set up by John Boyle and Robin Layton. So they both lived in a small village just outside of Newcastle called Wylam. It's, it's a place. Um, and one of the guys um, was, is a computer, was a, was a computer technician. And uh, he came and fixed the guy's computer. And the guy said, well, can I pay you in beer? And who would say no to that? Um, and it just went on from there. Um, they brewed together. Um, made 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 beers together and stuff like that. Uh, eventually set up a brewery in another village, probably a few miles further uh, west. It called Heading on the Wall, um, where they kind of you know it, it expanded the size of the brewery, that kind of thing. Um, and then, unfortunately, um, one of the guys passed away, um, and the the other guy that owned it, I think John Boyle brought his son in um, to help run it. But his son was living in Spain but wasn't really kind of... Enjoyed it, but it wasn't really his thing. Um, so they ended up um, selling it to the uh, current owners, a guy called Rob Can- Rob Cameron and David Stone, I think, if memory serves me right. Um, and they're two, they're two local businessmen who kind of their, their background is based in like um, events, clubs. So they used to run clubs and events in, in Newcastle. They then bought pubs um, and, and then eventually moved into um, buying Wylam when it came available because they enjoyed their beers. Um, and they've taken it from, from Heading on the Wall and bought it into the city um, to... To Exhibition Park and more importantly, uh, the Palace of Arts, which um, is was, I mean, we, we me and Helen joke about it because when I first when Helen first came up to university, my wife, um, it was a military museum. So this guy just kept all his me- military memorabilia in there. And you could pay a small amount of money to go and walk around this very eclectic a collection of military kind of thing. And then once he moved his stuff out, it just fell into disrepair, disrepair, disrepair um, um, until the Freddie Shepherd, local businessman, ex owner of Newcastle, etc., etc., uh, took it over um, and then has basically let it to while uh, I don't know how long the contract is for, but I presume it's probably for quite a long time. Um, and they just turned it into. I, I, obviously I'm biased but I genuinely think it's one of the best looking breweries in the country uh, you know it's it's a, it's an event to go and visit it even excuse me if you're just collecting beer or something like that it, it's, it's just impressive every time you go it looks it looks great um, well, I think it's been open I, like I, I, I agree um, and I will I will have a photograph of it so maybe we need to take a very short break whilst I find said photograph. And as we return, it will be on my screen. How's that? There we go. That sounds perfect to me. Sure. Right. We'll be back shortly for you guys. Literally a second. Two shakes of lamb's tail. 
Recording in progress. Look at that. That looks like some kind of American government building. Well, it is the most picturesque setting. As, as Matt said, um, it, he might be biased. He might be biased with damn good reason, I think. Um, as uh, not a local, <laughs> if you like, but, um, you know, an, an outsider, if, it, if you will. Um, having been to a few breweries and tap rooms now across our time, Wylam, for me, has a little bit for everybody. If you want to go and walk your dog and have a pint, perfect, because it's in a it's in a lovely park. You, you know they've got seats outside. If you want to go for a full on night out, great, because they do beer festivals, they do music events, sorted. If you want to go for Sunday dinner, yep, they've got that down too because they've got a little restaurant going on. Um, like it, it could not be any better, and like just the setting of it, like. It's it's just great. Like I can't I can't say enough good things about it. It's just it's just far enough out of town that like you've had a little walk by the time you get there. So subsequently, by the time that you walk back again, you might have walked a little bit of it off as well. Um, you know, sometimes you might even remember that walk if it's been a particularly uh, heavy evening, shall we say? Um, I think uh, particularly Matt, Paul, and Amy will know that that is the voice of experience from myself right now. Um, but yeah, just I honestly, honestly can't can't say enough good things. I think, in terms of particularly the ones that we've visited, I would have I, like for me, I think the top two are probably um, Wylam is top, and probably Tiny Rebel second. But that's for two very different reasons because yeah. Wylam is set up to be a nice place to go and to have a nice time and take in the surroundings. Tiny Rebel is just set up to essentially be the commercial machine that kind of they now seem to see, you know, seem to have become. And it, that's fine. I'm fine with that. But it, it's, if you, if you go to both and you are expecting to have the experience that you get at Tiny Rebel at Wylam, that ain't going to happen because Wylam to me feels probably more homely and and just just a general nicer vibe you can you can tell it's run by people who used to run pubs or did run pubs when they first set it up um i think you've got that the tiny rebel kind of thing is uber modern you know it looks modern it looks like i don't call it a death star but it's kind of got that kind of like it's beer kind of thing and it's got the big you know, you've got the the gas the gas tanks outside, and they're painted with delivery, and it's you know, you go in and it's all steel and clean and kind of all that type of stuff. Um, <clears throat> whereas while obviously they've got to fit in with with the listed building that they work in, so that building's been there since uh, nineteen twenty nine, so coming up for a hundred years. Um, it's you know, it took them a while. It took them a bit of effort to get in there because the locals, you know. There's not many breweries that are opposite million-pound houses, and obviously people in million-pound houses throw stones at breweries, um, yeah, as it were. Um, you um, know, but they, they kind of worked midweek whiskey, <laughs> whatever. But they work. They work through it. You know, they put on they put on concert events there. You can get married there. You know, we talked about. You know, they have uh, the pizza event. Uh, they have a bur- battle of the burgers. They have. Um, I think can't think something to do with curries, um, that type of stuff. So they have loads of things you can take the you know you take the kids and stuff like that during the day. And we have taken the kids to the one of the pizza ones. Um, the tap room's lovely. You can just go and sit in in the summer. You can sit outside. Um, yeah, it's 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 it is a really nice a really nice setting. Um, uh, and that when yeah, when so, we took when we took the boys there as well, they were really quite tiny, weren't they? Like, they weren't old at all. No, no. I, I remember that. I remember that they ate more chips than we did. Um, yeah, we, they, did, uh, did we just step then. I, no, I, do you know what? I don't even know. Step? I think it was just. I seem to remember it was just the boys. It, I think it was our first, the beginning of our first sort of foray away. So that the boys would have been about eighteen months, maybe. Mm. So that kind of shows you as well the fact that you know you, they are that you know. A, a, 
they can you know depending on the event as well that's set up they can cater for families they can cater for you know stag dudes what you know the, the the whole range in between kind of thing so definitely and then then in 2019 they opened up the sister brewery as it were uh, by the river brewing company which is a shipping container brewery so kind of following on that kind of shipping container trend um, they took um, shipping containers built a brewery down by the river so it's down by the river Tyne, right next to it um, so you've got the brewery in there so you can see all the um, all the tanks and stuff like that brewing it's a tap room there uh, a very good restaurant um, my friend runs run the bike shop that's there, backyard bike shop uh, and um, then the hawkers market which has like street food um, on the, at the weekend which it caters for thing and that is it the, the the bit by the river brewery is, is is great. You know, in the summer it's absolutely packed. There's not a chance of getting nearby. Right, so let's get down to the nitty gritty. So what I thought I'd do is I the first thing I thought I'd do is give a shout out to like the, the original OG uh, Wyland Brewery, the original kind of beers. Um, so Golden Tankard, which Wyland recently rebrewed, um, Landlord's Choice, uh, Wyland Gold. Uh, which I think they've done as well, haven't they? Um, yeah, that's been in as well. And Red Kite. And they were all very good real ale beers. And, you know, they, they are really good beers. Um, so I just thought I'd just give a tip of the cap to old Wylam. Um, now, new Wylam is a completely different animal. Um, I think when I say this, maybe I'm going a bit kind of thing, but I think their, their bread and butter is... IPAs and big IPA, big tasty IPAs, and that is shown in their core range as it's identified now. Um, and that's Hickey the Rake, which is a limonata pale at 4.2%, uh, Lush, which is the Luscious Pale Ale, uh, which is a new one that they've added. And me and Stu had that last year at the Brewers' Table. Uh, that, that's it, isn't it? I forgot the best one. Jake Head, which is the supercharged IPA, which is a 6.3%. And, it, you know, people might disagree with me on this podcast, but I generally think is the best IPA in the country. There's a, just a drinking IPA. I mean, it's it's up there. It's uh, like when I was making my notes for the podcast um, in terms of the top beers for, for Wylam, I have two. And one of them is Jake Head. <laughs> Matt will absolutely already know the other. Um, however, like everybody knows that I love a good can of transmission. I've always got an emergency can of transmission from North in the fridge. But damn it, I, I, I feel like I need a can of jerky to, to, to accompany that as well as like my uh, emergency. Oh, you, you, you go to your, your friends for a party. What beers are you going to take that you want to actually drink when you go, oh, I need to pick up them cans? And, and as well, they've, they've they've not only is it a supercharged IPA already, they have done double jerky as well, haven't they? Before when it's uh... yeah, yeah. There's so many there's so many beers to talk, kind of talk about. So if we could kind of quickly go through them, so Hickey the Rake is a limonata pale. I like the lemony finish on that. It's a really kind of easy drinking beer. I, yeah, I would say sometimes it's perhaps a little bit fizzy for my taste. Yeah, um, a, a little, but it, I kind of, with that, I kind of expected it. The thing that I liked about it was that it's still a, it's still a pale ale. It's they, they haven't gone down the, the 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 route of making it a sour like a lemon sour. Yeah, it takes that bitterness out of the uh, out of the finish and, and, and switches it up slightly. And then lush that we kind of th- that we had there is. It's, it's it's really I, I think kind of it's been a while since I've had it, but it's really good. It's kind of got a real it t- tastes like probably six percent, maybe even seven percent pale ale, but it's actually a four point two percent. It's really kind of thick. It's kind of juicy, really good. Um, and, and then when it comes to talking about there you go, I think when and then coming back to Jakehead. 
I just think it's it's got everything that you want from an IPA. It's got kind of juicy kind of thing to it. It's got a nice kind of burn to the end of it. It's really easy drinking. Probably too easy for a six point three percent. It can kind of ruin your life if you have too many of them. Um, that type of thing. Um, but I thought because I was surprised because I thought these two beers were in the core range. Obviously, they've taken them back out again, um, but they have. They've got the cold condition. There it is. That's it. Good stuff. Um, the two regulars. We've got the cold condition, which is a pilsner. It's like four point eight percent. I think it's Wylam does lager would be my kind of thing. So it's quite hoppy, um, but it's the usual kind of thing with with logs and stuff like that. It's, it's just too fizzy for me. Well, that, that's my only criticism of it. It's not really kind of thing. That was originally was a collab with Don Zoko, um, a brewery from Hartpool. Um, and then the other one is Macchiato, which is a porter, coffee porter at 6.5%. And that one's, that one's good. Very good on there, uh, out of there, uh, like on tap. And I would say that that's when I, I think I've had that one the most on tap. I don't think I've had too many cans of it. Um, I'm the other way around with that one. I think I've had it mostly from can. Um, but again, they've done they've done an imperial version of that as well. So like everything they do, they'll they'll stick it at a level to begin with, and then seemingly think, right, how can we ramp it? Okay, yeah, let's just double it, and they like they they just go for it. They're, the stuff they do with some of their beers is insane. Yeah, I, I, my, the macchiato thing um, for me because I think it was kind of like a coffee hazelnut kind of yes. effort. It's definitely more coffee than the hazelnut for sure. But, yeah. Um, it has like a, a really nice sweetness to it, so highly recommended. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good it's a, yeah again again say like easy drinking kind of thing for for a porter kind of thing. It does have it does kind of drink really well. Um, right then, favorites. Now, I could sit here and talk for the next however long if you want, or we could kind of compare notes on it. Um, I'll go I'll go first. Um, my first one is, and we, I think, was it, I think it was when we went for one of, one of the, well, the tour, when we went for one of our tours on this, uh, we saw the cans and we were immediately like, huh, oh, what are they? Uh, so I had a pink and black can, um, I think it's it's a kind of combination with this one, so we'll kind of talk about the naming of the beers in a minute. Um, but in every dream home, a heartache, which was a double dry hop sour mash IPA. Um, yeah, I, the beer tasted absolutely fantastic, and the fact that you can get a Roxy Music uh, reference into into the naming of your beer um, always uh, always kind of floats my boat, um, as it were, kind of thing. And uh, it was just a, a proper good beer I think I might have had probably at the time when my collection of beers wasn't quite so high but um, I probably had two or three cans of that one I managed to grab one every time I saw it so so yeah Stu um, there is no way that this podcast is getting by without talking about this beer and I'm really surprised it's me that's mentioning it first but a beer by the name of Midnight Train to Biker is hands down the single greatest beer of all time. And that is not putting it lightly. It is... It, it's like... I, I think Midnight Train to Biker as well came along at a time where I've been into beer for a little while. And I liked the IPAs. And then you get to like the double IPAs. And then someone's like, oh people have started doing triple IPAs, so instantly you're like, yep, yeah, cool, right. I'm on board with that. Um, I think it was probably my first introduction to paying so much money per can uh, <laughs> as well, because it was it was up there price-wise. Um, but yeah, I have the little, the little picture on screen right now for the uh, YouTubers amongst you. Um, but just, like, I... I, like, I, I there, there aren't words for this. It's like... It, it's a 10% beer. Does not drink like a 10% beer. I just wish that it was one of the like the regular ones that they that they did. 
like how they haven't done this again is absolutely criminal. It, it it's a it's a on two knees begging, please just please just do it again, just just one more time kind of thing. It's I I'd heard about it and I'd seen the release for it, and I was like, right, yeah, I need to get my hand on that one because it was like every you know you don't normally see a lot of it, but a lot of the kind of local beer shops are like going to want to drink this beer you're really going to want to drink this beer we've tried it you you know we've tried it at the you know not quite finished phase it's outstanding um so i went out to whitley bay to a box shop called nord who'd got a keg of it on the tap so i had a two liter growler full of it um and i was texting and paul about it at the time and uh think the phrase was is i've drank the whole bottle i can't stand up uh, because it didn't taste like a 10 percent beer but it certainly had the effects of a 10 percent beer when i came to that right okay then let, let, let's let, let's let's go to bed now because we're probably about right i'm like oh oh why do my feet like they feel like they've been put in cement kind of thing and this beer just it, it, it's absolutely fantastic just yeah our I beg, please, just do it again, please. <laughs> I, think, um, I think my my other thing written, like just generally written, that I've got written down about them is is like if you if you're into like your, your stronger stuff, like for me with Wylam, I was probably hooked in by like the doubles and even the triple like game that they had. But then you end up staying for like the IPAs that they they, they put out anyway, like just like the regular ones. Um, I think for me, they cover they cover the full range. Obviously, Matt mentioned like the lager and stuff before. The one thing I don't think that they they do do particularly is sours at no. all. Um, but it, as much as they excel at the IPA stuff, the heavy hitting stouts is where it's at as well for them. Like obviously, Matt mentioned earlier on. The summon up the blood, uh, bourbon barrel aged thirteen and a half percent, aged for eight months in Kentucky bourbon barrels, like just unbelievable. Just like that's one of them ones I, you, you'll have heard us say a lot by now. Oh, it doesn't taste like this percent. It doesn't taste like that percent. This one absolutely did, and we split <laughs> one between us, didn't we? <laughs> um, it, it was one of them ones where you like you know you, you get them very often where it's like oh. It's, barrel aged in whiskey and you're kind of like alright and here we go it's kind of like the brute IPA kind of things when you get that and you think right yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna have to really find this this whiskey and you took a sniff of it and you're like oh okay then yeah that, that smells more like whiskey than it does like a stout and then you took a sip of it and it was like oh yeah it tastes like it oh it's also got the burn of a whiskey as it goes down the throat as well kind of thing and it was just yeah, that was that was a really it was a really special special beer that one. Um, considering it had been in the fridge a while as well, kind of thing. It it's kind of you know, it, it was released quite a while ago. Um, I think I seem I seem to recall that that was around during that Brewers Table event that we went to, and that must have been getting on for like what eight months ago now, and we had it about a month ago. It was out before that though as well. Right. I think I've had it in the fridge a good year two, maybe a year or two, maybe it's been a while. Um, but yeah, um, kind of going look looking at some of the more recent ones, the Betty the Bat Triple IPA, ten and a half percent. That was that was that was a cracking. That's the closest to Midnight Train to Biker that I've had without having Midnight Train to Biker, um, and just a little kind of nod to. Uh, James Williams, who kind of gets a mention out of this, the Greyhounds don't like jazz, um, sour IPA, which is probably the closest kind of thing to a sour that they've done. I thought that was a really kind of really good sour IPA, 7, 7.1%, but kind of tasted absolutely fantastic. Um, and then just one last one, I had it, again, I think I might have got this on tap because I think it was just shared around the local... Um, the local breweries I think originally it should have been done at by the river uh, but they hadn't quite got everything finished and sorted 
Um, so hopefully they'll come back and do another one um, because it's called Kill Phil Part 1 um, and it's a collab between uh, Wylam and Anka Brewing from California uh, and that was a double dry hop type PA, and that was just absolutely it, it was insane it just it was so kind of juicy and thick and just tasted absolutely awesome and so hopefully Kill Phil Part 2 will come out at some point um, because we need that again there is. There you go. That's the one. It's funny because when, like, obviously, Wylan was always going to come up on the podcast at some point, and like, I know that we've kind of frequented for for a good while now, but like, looking back through Untapped, like, the, just the amount of quality stuff that's on there, we could just on the just on like ones of the past, we could probably do like more than a full podcast just on nice ones that we've had from there in, in like in years gone by. And oh, yet they still, they still keep churning out quality, and they've they've really refined that core range over time. I think as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I think you know they, they, they kind of stick to the these are one-off beers, and you'll get like, you know, you know, I mean, there's loads through the year. Um, you know, you're probably looking at like 25 unique beer, 24, 25 unique beers through the year at least. But you know, they've stayed and refined the. Um, the core range so it tastes better um, you know and obviously they kind of like said so they have the, the stuff that they prep in by the river as well so like one of the guys from Wyland's gone down to run that there um, which Heed Hunter which is the double dry hopped pail uh, that they do from from by the river is also an absolutely stunning beer as well which is uh, which is which is good um yeah, anything, anything else Wylam related? The only, the only thing we've kind of mentioned in passing, I would say, is that um, a, a, a huge shout for Craft Beer Calling, um, which myself and Matt have been lucky enough to frequent three times now, even dis, despite the best efforts of uh, everybody's least favourite pandemic. Um, and it's just really... Well organised beer festival. Every time we've been, it's been impeccable. Great choice of beer, whether it's been the sours, you know, the the, the dark stuff, whatever floats your boat, and the good four or five food vendors as well, which is clearly a very important part of uh, the food situation. Is always relevant at a beer festival. So as 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 Mr Williams will will attest as well. Um, so yeah, just. If, if you ever get a chance to go to a craft beer calling, it's, it's very, very high on the list for me. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the thing you look at for the, the you know, whenever it comes out during the year, craft beer calling, Hop City, those kind of things you're looking, you're looking for it's, those. It's generally, when we've been, it's it's generally October time. Um, for, for those of you that, if you're um, in the profession or you have children, it's around... Uh, October half term as well, so it's uh, always a good good chance of a babysitter and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, it's it's def- definitely one to mark down in the diary. Definitely. Um, the, the other thing I was going to give a shout out is one every year I kind of keep an eye out for it is the uh, W by Y Yeasty Boys collab that they generally do. Obviously, that's taken a back burner for the past couple of years, I presume, with the pandemic and not being allowed to travel down and stuff like that. Um, hopefully that might make a comeback this year, but yeah, craft beer callings is a great night. It's a great event from Thursday to Saturday. Um, but yeah, yeah, in that kind of you know, like we said, I could, we could probably go on about Wildland for hours and hours and hours and talk about every single beer and the nuance of each one and how it fits into different things. But um, I don't think people will get. Hopefully, people won't get bored of it. But uh, It'd be a long, long podcast. I'm, I'm thinking that um, when this is over, Andy's just going to email you the audio file so you can finally submit it for your tour application. Like, you know. <laughs> like oh god, beer geek! I'm sure they did a beer called Geordie Beer Geek. I didn't get that. I, I've not seen that one. I'm, I didn't manage to get my hold of my hands on it anyway. That would sound <laughs> perfectly up my street, right? Um, 
Unfortunately, I don't have any Matthews ABV is right this month. I apologise. I've, I've failed miserably on that. So, well, as it as it's been a little while, it may it may have been a very long ABV is right from Christmas all the way through until now. So uh, maybe we'll we'll keep keep that powder dry for next time. Maybe keep an eye out. I'll get a list. I'll get a more comprehensive list. Right. Any any other beerness as we kind of fi- finish this part <coughs> off. I have some beerness. Um, I was uh, recording, coding, and uploading a podcast last night, <clears throat> and at various steps of the process, you kind of left waiting for stuff, um, which often, which will probably come as no surprise, leads me down a YouTube rabbit hole while I'm sat waiting. Um, YouTube definitely doesn't track any sort of trends or anything and definitely doesn't send you any videos that you might want to uh, partake in. So I definitely didn't find myself looking at a video going, uh, yes please. It was an instructional, I say instructional, it was a I'm going to make a alcohol free beer video. I was like, sweet. Right, this is... This is what we want to know, how to make alcohol-free beer. Let's do this. And obviously in my head, I'm like, it's going to be, you get your water and you get your your hops and you get your, you know, your, your things and your, your, you do your stuff. And <clears throat> when it started and the guy doing the video started talking about how much ionization was in his water, I went, what? And from that point to the point where I closed the video when it had finished, I went, I didn't understand a single thing that happened in that entire video. Like there was there was things going on. There was like a, 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 a spout in the middle of a pot and the spout was like there was liquid coming out of it. And then there was another bit that went in and then he had like the all of these little packets and like these are hops but he just kept like putting more and more and I was like I thought it was just gonna be like here you go this is how you make beer and instead it's like this is how you make meth that just so <laughs> happens to look like it was like an in-depth episode of Breaking Bad I was like are we sure this is beer it's not gonna turn out like blue crystals at the end of it and, I, I, and I've, I've been watching the wrong thing magic wand at it and that was the <laughs> it was like it was chemistry and wizardry all at once and I was like I, I think this might be a little bit above my pay grade so from from watching that to then translating it back to the stuff that we've just been talking about it's like there's there's some sort of wizardry going on to get to get you from Let's talk about the ionisation of water to here's a lovely beer for you to drink. So, uh, so yeah, worth, bear, worth bearing in mind when you're cracking open a, a tin of whatever deliciousness. To get that tin, an animal was sacrificed, that's for sure. And a soul was sold. And, yeah... Walter White made some money off it and, and all of that. <laughs> insanity. Absolute insanity. But that was all the business I, I had. Excellent. I, I, I have nothing else. Nope. I'm good, no. Sam. Well, um, again, um, thank you. Thank you, gents, for accompanying me for a bit of beer chat. Um, and yeah, everybody, yeah, like, share, subscribe. Leave us a comment. Um, hopefully, we'll have some more kind of. Well, we'll definitely have more uh, more pursuits of happiness. Maybe we'll have some more exciting news later on in the year. All right. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. So there you go. What do you think of that? Good to be back talking about the beers. Thank you for listening and or watching wherever you get your podcasts. Please, please, please do consider subscribing. Like, share and comment, get a friend to do the same, and before long, everybody will be listening. You can also check out our website, thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and email links 
for you to be able to get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.